0: Hi, I'm Brian.
1: And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies,
0: a podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it.
1: Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies.
0: Welcome to Drink the Movies. I'm Brian, here as always with Michaela. Michaela, back from Hawaii. How's it going? How was your trip?
1: Trip was amazing. Uh, I highly recommend everybody going to Hawaii. Um, it was awesome. Had a really good time. Drank a lot of things.
0: Yeah, that sounds pretty good. So uh, that's a pretty long flight. Uh, you flew, I think, direct from here, right? So it's like eleven hours. So what did you what did you get up to on the airplane? Did you watch any movies? Or
1: I did. I actually finally got into the series The Boys. Oh, okay which um, I'm a late bloomer to that. Uh, I saw the first episode when it first came out and I just was not enchanted with it. Mm-hmm. And so I waited until the series ended. And I think you actually told me that it was very, very good and I should give it a shot. So um, I'm almost done with it. Uh, it's really good. If anybody wanted a different view on what superheroes could look like uh, mm-hmm. in, in a more probably more realistic sense, Um it's pretty good. It's not for kids. It is not for kids. I'm going to say no. that again. <laughs> Do not don't don't think that it's just because it's superheroes that they're they're nice cuz they're not. They're not nice superheroes and it's very gory and there's a lot of adultness. So um, Yeah,
0: it's it's barely even for adults. It's
1: <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. Um so I watched that. I also finished up uh season 3 of The Sinner. Okay. Um that was not as good as the first two seasons I will say Mm, um I liked it but um you know Bill Pullman's amazing but I just uh, it kind of got the the whole thing kind of gets a little old so um Mm -hmm. but I liked it it was it was fine I'm glad I finished it I'm one of those people if I start something I got to finish it even if I'm not super entranced. so right what about you you see anything good
0: yeah. So i got to watch a couple of things. So we watched the movie yesterday, which has been out for uh, quite a while now, but I'd never seen it before. Um, and it was always something that I wanted to watch and just never got around to watching, but we finally watched that. Um, I thought that was really good. Um, I mean, obviously it's kind of centered around uh, the Beatles music catalog, which is excellent in, you know, any sort of medium that you put it in. And I thought that the story was, you know, interesting and, you know, pretty good story. I liked it quite a bit. I was pretty Happy I finally got to watch that one. Uh, Have you seen that one, Michaela?
1: Yes. And it is one of my favorites that came out. I think it came out in 2019. Mm. Um, I remember watching it on a plane, actually. And I definitely think it would have been right up your alley. So I'm glad you you got a chance to see it. The music's great. And it is interesting. The one thing I would say that I couldn't figure out is why the Beatles would have such a connection to Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Because in the u- new universe, Be- the Beatles never existed, and Coca Cola also doesn't exist. Yeah. That seems well, really odd to me.
0: Well, there there were a couple of things that got snapped out of existence. I think so.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: In um, the film, but yeah, it's just kind of was just an interesting premise, um and you know the acting was good, the story was was good, cute. So I like that one quite a bit, and. Uh, we watched through and the final of the Mayor of Easttown, and it is spectacular. Probably, I mean, we're early in the year, but probably going to be my TV show of the year. So make sure if you haven't watched the Mayor of Easttown yet for some reason that you get out there and do that.
1: That's Kate Winslet, right?
0: It is, and it's on uh, HBO. So uh, yeah, make sure make sure you go check it out. It's excellent. It's really good. The story is really compelling. It's really interesting and engaging. Uh, It's a good one. I think you'd like it quite a bit too.
1: Oh, it's on my list. If it's Kate Winslet, anything she touches, I love.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Well, she's, she's excellent. Yeah. And now that I've got that finished, uh, I think it's time for me to head out of town on the pork chop express.
1: Well, you're going to need a drink to help with your reflexes because there might be a giant ape like monster in the back of the truck.
0: Yeah, and who knows what else might happen on the uh, way here out of town. So why don't we take a quick break? We will make up our drink for the week, and we'll be right back. All right. So for this week's cocktail, we're mixing up a cocktail that we found on the uh, Homicidal Homemaker website, Um, and she calls it the Dragon Green Eyes, Um, and it's inspired by this uh, film that we're covering for the week, and... It was pretty good, Michaela. Uh, why don't you run through the recipe for everyone, and then we can uh, chat about it a little bit. We didn't get to have this one together because you were traveling, so uh, we had to make up our own uh, kind of versions of these. So
1: Right, right. So you start with a tall glass, and you're going to fill that with crushed ice. Add one and a half ounces of island punch pucker which uh, I actually didn't have, could not find. I don't think they distribute that in the Carolinas. So I had to substitute with watermelon-flavored pucker. Mm -hmm. You also add one and a half ounces of spiced rum. I had some Captain Morgan in my back shelf. So I went ahead and did that. Then you're gonna add three quarters of an ounce of coconut cream, three quarters of an ounce of key lime juice and two and a quarter ounces of pineapple juice and then you just mix that up and drink it
0: yeah you just uh, stir it up in the uh, glass there and like you I couldn't find the island punch pucker either um, they did have a spot for it on the shelf it just they were out of it when I went so uh, I don't know if they had a run on that or like you said if they're not distributing it or maybe it's discontinued I'm not really sure but yeah I went with the uh, watermelon as well um, it said that it was a uh, Sweet and sour, which is kind of the description it gives of the island punch. So, figure to be, you know, kind of in the same ballpark. Yeah, you just pour all that stuff in there with the shaved ice and stir it up, and uh, you're ready to go. Uh, what did you think about this one, Michaela?
1: This one was not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm, I follow the directions, but to me, even though we used Pineapple juice and the pineapple juice I had was not sweetened. It was, so it was just straight juice. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's why it was too puckery for me. I don't think it was sweet enough. I tried to add a little bit of rum and a little bit more pucker. It just, it didn't, it didn't gel for me. It looked really cool because it was Mm -hmm. kind of this pink. And I guess it's supposed to be green because we use the Island punch punker, but since we use the watermelon, mine was like a light pink color, Mm -hmm. um, it was okay. It was very tropical. Definitely got the coconut cream. Right. I think it might have been a little better consistency wise if I used coconut milk. But
0: mm-hmm. yeah, that was kind of what I thought too. I think that the coconut milk would would have done a little bit better. Um, now I don't I don't know for sure, but I probably have not had any type of pucker since uh, having a Jello shot or a <laughs> shot of things. And to me, that's kind of what this drink tasted like. It tasted like a shot you would do. And so for the first couple of drinks, I liked it pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. But as I went, it just kind of kept getting sweeter and more sour as I kind of went. So like the first half of it, I thought was pretty good. But by the back half, I was a little bit burnt out on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think if we could figure out a way to turn this into a jello shot, maybe without the coconut cream Mm -hmm. um, or if there's a way to like make that so it wouldn't curdle, I think that would be really awesome. But for me, I had one glass and I had a tall glass, but it just, it, it wasn't my favorite. It was good, but I don't think I would do more than one or two of these in a sitting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same for me. Like I said, I, if I were to do it again, I probably uh, would try some, uh, coconut milk and then maybe just, uh, portion it out a little bit more. So it's, Uh, you know, kind of split this drink, you know, two ways, maybe with uh, someone else, you know, poolside or something. That would be pretty good, I think. But maybe this is exactly the kind of drink you need if we're going or if you're going where we're about to be going.
1: (laughs) Maybe, maybe Chinatown's a crazy place. You never know.
0: That's right. Well, we have these made. uh, So why don't we uh, take a quick break and then we'll be back and uh, talk about this week's movie, Big Trouble in Little China.
1: Just remember what old Jack Burton does when the earth quakes and the poison arrows fall from the sky and the pillars of heaven shake. Yeah, Jack Burton just looks that big old storm right square in the eye and says, give me your best shot, pal. I can take it.
0: Yeah. And if if you didn't know what any of that was, uh, you've probably never watched Big Trouble in Little China. So if you've not seen Big Trouble in Little China, stop. Go make yourself up a dragon green eyes it's all in the reflexes uh watch big trouble in little china and come back and we can talk about it
1: that was perfectly done Uh, yeah yeah
0: (laughs) and 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 if you've not seen big trouble in little china that's okay because i also had never seen big trouble in little china and it came out in 1986 and it was directed by john carpenter and it stars kurt russell and a very young kim cattrall uh john carpenter who's probably most famously known for uh directing Halloween so he kind of you know brought that series into the world but also did a couple other things uh with Kurt Russell so a uh, pretty well known uh director out there wouldn't you say
1: yeah yeah this is this is the third of four uh films that they made together um escape from LA and escape from New York um as well as i think they did Elvis which was in 1979 so this is kind of in the middle of that spread of films that they put together mm-hmm. um, it is not a horror film so a lot of people credit John Carpenter like you said with the Halloween series it is not considered a horror film but it was it was a dream of John Carpenter's apparently to do a martial arts film and um somehow they uh well there was a script um that was sitting around this was actually a western that they modernized and put in the 1980s in Chinatown uh, Mm -hmm. and added a bunch of martial arts to it because that's what they wanted to do and had John Carpenter direct it. So it ended up being something that John Carpenter, you know, uh, it became a cult classic. um, And, uh, you know, (laughs) I'm surprised you hadn't seen it before, but but I guess not really.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's, um, it's definitely like, if you read anything about the movie, it's like a lot of people will call it like the, like King of like the, um, sort of like B grade, uh, films. Right. Um, yes. and, and that's, you know, and that's kind of what it is. It's, it's big and elaborate and nonsensical and it's a lot of fun, but yeah, I'd never seen it. So.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. Cause when you first watch, um, when you first watch the film, you, yeah, as a kid, I didn't ever liken this to to a Western motif at all, but watching mm-hmm. it as an adult, it really is like this guy comes in on his horse uh, right. to a place, you know, a bunch of stuff happens. He kind of, you know, helps save, save the town and then he rides off into the sunset. Um, but instead of being a horse and like, you know, John Wayne, it's Kurt Russell is this kind of, you know dopey big kind of machismo guy jack burton right who's got a Mm -hmm. mullet he's like the only good looking guy on the planet with a mullet he's got a big you know trucker and uh big rig and he's driving on into you know san francisco um just kind of a different different take on the whole western
0: yeah for sure. So we, we gave everyone the spoiler warning. So here is my second warning for everyone. This movie is absolutely insane. So anything that we might say in the next like, hour-ish that we're talking about it might not make any sense at all. And that's just, that's just kind of the way that it is with this movie. And that's okay. So uh, we get the movie started. We're in like an attorney's office. And there's a lawyer there and he's uh, asking this gentleman sitting across from me, he's like, give me your version of what happened. Who are you? Um, and the guy's just like, I'm a bus driver. What kind of a bus do you drive? A tour bus in San Francisco Chinatown. And then the lawyer asks him. He says, "Any knowledge of Jack Burton?" And the guy gets real agitated. He's like, "You leave Jack Burton alone!" And then you know he starts to kind of weave this little tale. And he's like, "You don't believe any of this. You don't believe in magic or monsters, ghosts or sorcery." And he has you know lightning uh, kind of going. You know, in between his hands, and th- that's what the movie opens on. You don't know who any of these people are, what he's talking about, but you get the feeling that uh, something strange is afoot in Chinatown.
1: That's right. And then it opens. After that, you get these really cool kind of dun- 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 the the soundtrack is amazing, by the way. Um, and I did most of it. Just kidding, um, but. <laughs> So it's, it's Jack Burton, who, like, is played by Kurt Russell. He's got a mullet. He's got, like, a, a, a trucker hat. It's not a baseball hat. It's bigger bigger and bulgier. And he's, like, drinking. He's got a sandwich in one hand, and he's talking to the CB in another, which wonder makes me wonder how he's actually holding the steering wheel. It's probably a safety issue. But he yeah. just sounds, like, super cool, right? He's like, let me. I'm talking to whoever is listening out there on this dark and stormy night, and I'm, you know – does anybody you know he's just he's just kind of riffing and he's like you know the checks in the mail and he's just talking to whoever is listening uh and he's driving in to um San Francisco and he's taken the bridge and he's going into Chinatown. Chinatown is, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, that is an actual place for anybody who doesn't know. It's a, it's a place uh, where the Asian American group in Chinatown kind of built, they built up this area. It's known for, you know, great places to eat. They've, they have a lot of bakeries and air, but it's a, it's a distinctive area that's even got mm-hmm. a lot of architectural, um, nuances and and from chinatown or from china the mainland of china anyway Mm -hmm. so he's going in and he immediately like drops off his rig his rig is full of like chickens and goats and Mm -hmm. they're kind of taking it off uh off of him and he immediately goes and gets like dumplings and it's kind of it's either very late at night or very very early in the morning and you got this really cool Kind of montage of what kind of the behind the scenes of Chinatown looks like, which I mm-hmm. think is really cool. Chinatown is one of my favorite places to visit in the world. I absolutely love it. So um, this probably fostered that because when I saw this one that came when it first came out and I was pretty young. But there's a lot of gambling, you know, there's a bunch of people kind of sitting on crates in this back room and they've got this soup bowl that they've turned over and they're banging it and everybody's placing bets on what's underneath the soup bowl. Mm -hmm. And then they lift the bowl up and they get money depending on how the bones or whatever in the bowl come out. I I don't really understand it, but it looked really cool. And Jack's making a lot of money. He's talking to a lot of people. He's having a lot of beer.
0: Yeah, he's sitting there uh, gambling with his uh, friend, uh, whose name is Wang Chi, and he's played by uh, Dennis Dunn, a uh, really great uh, character, and they're gambling, And but, you know, Jack cleans them out, ends up taking all of his money, uh, so, you know, it, it's a Chinatown, they're doing some gambling, uh, so his friend Wang says, I can cut this beer bottle, you know, clean in half, uh, you know, well, you want to bet me I can do it, you know, double or nothing, and Jack says, okay, so he agrees to the bet. <laughs> and you just see him like hit this uh, bottle with this knife and it goes like flying a thousand miles an hour at uh, at uh, Jack's face, but he catches it. And then you get the line, it's all in the reflexes. That's right. Uh, and But, you know, Wang doesn't really have the money, but, uh, you know, maybe Jack will just give him a ride. He's got to go pick up his uh, fiance. She's coming over from China, moving to America. So he has to get to the airport and pick her up. So, you know, he asked Jack for a ride and, you know, Jack wants to uh, make sure he keeps... Uh, Wang and his and his site, so he can get his money here eventually. I guess. So. Right.
1: Yeah, you get the feeling that they are really good friends. That they've been friends for a long time, and mm-hmm. and Wang uh, apparently owns a restaurant in Chinatown, and uh, you know, Jack is just a truck driver, so he's all over the place. He's been everywhere. So he, he's get, taking him to the airport. Uh, Wang kind of shows a picture of this girl. And uh, he says, "Oh, I'm gonna marry her. You know, we're gonna get married. And I've been here working. That's why why I came to America. And I can't wait to see her. And mm-hmm. no wonder, no wonder that I wasn't able to cut the bottle in half because my mind and my spirit aren't in the same space. Because I'm I'm really nervous about picking this girl up. I haven't seen her in five years, which is a real long time. And mm-hmm. the picture um, is beautiful. Um, her name is Mao Yin, and she's played by Susie Pai. And um, What's really special about her is that she's got uh, green eyes, and apparently that's really, really rare if you are of uh, Asian descent. So he—he's, you know, they're oohing and on over her picture. Even Kurt Russell's character is like, "Wow, she's real pretty." And so they get to the airport, and um, I don't know if he's just had, you know, having a just want—he's had a really lucky evening. He wants to try his luck, but he sees um, a woman. Uh, played by Kim Cattrall, kind of sitting there waiting at the airport, and this was back in the days when I guess you could you could wait at um, baggage claim
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: for for people to come out. And uh, Jack Burton's character spots spots this girl uh, waiting, and he goes and he just blatantly just tries to hit on her and. She's pretty cool about it, right? Kim Cattrall's character. She's like, nah, I'm never, I mean, I'm, I, mean I I I. mean, would definitely do that in other situations, but I'm not going to do it with you. And he's like, what's wrong with me? What's <laughs> wrong with my, and what's wrong with my, my condition? And she says, you should, you should stand where I am because it's Miller time. Apparently he smelled like beer. Oh yeah. He's not having any of that. And so yeah. he, you know.
0: Yeah, so uh, Kim Cattrall's uh, character's name, her name is Gracie Law, which is a really amazing name, and yeah, she's just just there, so, you know, uh, Jack goes over, he's hitting on her, like you said, um, and then all of a sudden you get, like, this crazy music, and, like, this, like, gang of uh, characters comes in, and they just, they just, like, walk in right by Jack, um, and... Uh, as Mao Yin, you know, the fiance coming over from China, she's there uh, and she gets taken by these guys. We don't know. Again, we don't know who these guys are, why they're kidnapping this girl. Um, But we come to find out later that the reason, you know, why she was so special with these green eyes, that's why she's uh, getting kidnapped. And, you know, they're going to run out of there. They have like a big street fight uh, trying. But, you know, this gang gets away with her uh, and, you know, that leaves Jack and uh, Gracie Law and Wang just, you know, they're kind of hanging out, uh, trying to figure out what they need to do to go find uh, the taken fiance.
1: Right. And so, you know, Jack, he's really angry. He's like, they must pay. This is not going to work. And so they get back in the bus and, um, you know, they're talking about where, where they're going to go. What are they going to do? And, you know, Wang apparently knows who these guys are. They're they're uh, street punks and they're called Lords of Death, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> which yeah. is like the coolest name ever. <laughs> if I'm ever in a gang, I want them to be called Lords of Death. Yeah. Anyway, so they are walking through or driving through Chinatown. And what you should know about San Francisco and Chinatown in general is that the roads are really, really narrow. They were actually not meant for regular cars, let alone a big rig, like 18-wheeler truck. So, he is driving it without the the bed. The bed's been taken off cuz he he made his shipment, so it's just the truck and like the little the little baby kind of trailer thing behind it. But they go down this one-way street and it looks like there's a funeral procession that is mm-hmm. coming in in front of them, so they stop because they don't want to get in the way. But um it's uh you know, it ends up being a really bad situation because they are looking at this group of individuals that are holding this funeral, and they've got these gongs, and they're kind of playing this really uh, pensive music, and they're all in like kind of a cream color with yellow turbans and yellow ropes, um, mm-hmm. and then Jack has—they've stopped, right? So Jack looks in his rearview mirror, and he sees <laughs> like a dude. In black with a red turban, like walking, you know, coming up behind him, behind the the truck, waving like a cleaver, like a meat cleaver.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, yeah, they get kind of like stuck in this alley between this you know, this gang uh, fight that's about to happen. Um, And they're all carrying weapons, but then, or, you know, like like knives and swords and like the butcher's knife and, you know, staffs and all of this stuff. But they kind of get to a point where they're standing off. And then all of a sudden they pull out guns, uh, start like this crazy shootout. Uh, But then in the middle of this fighting, there's a huge explosion of smoke. um, And it's like this green, like hazy color. Um, And then like a, you know, warrior from, you know, the uh the netherworld uh emerges uh and then two more follow suit so we've got these three crazy warriors that just showed up uh and the best part of it is is when they show up like these two gangs that we're fighting just kind of turn and like run away together
1: right right yeah so the the three warriors are thunder lightning and rain so you know so Mm. the first one that comes out he makes a lot of noise that's thunder and then rain is really good with a sword he's got like long uh, hair that he ties up in like a half man bun it's really it's really great and then the lightning guy he just creates electricity with his body and so like you know he's got this cool looking shield thing on his chest and he uses that and rubs it to create this electricity anyway they start taking out both of these gangs and in the meantime wang and jack burton are sitting in this truck um trying to not make any noise because apparently no one realizes that the truck has got people in it Mm -hmm. and that they could be witnesses or anything and even though there's guns and knives flying like the truck is still in pristine condition it's they, they are still alive even though it's been shot up to hell like it's very nonsensical but um they uh <laughs> finally they they get tired of uh watching this mass this massacre occur occur and so they start to drive and um Jack lovingly puts his horn on as he's driving through this crowd of people and mm-hmm. all of a sudden this really old um, Asian kind of mo- kingly looking regal person is at the front and he ends up, we think that they end up running over him and so they stop uh, mm-hmm. and in the meantime, Wang is like oh my god, you just ran over Lo Pan," and he, <laughs> of course, Jack Burton's like, who's that? <laughs> So he gets out of the car, and you know these. This man is perfectly fine. He's actually still standing behind the truck, and mm-hmm. he kind of looks at Jack, and light starts. This a light starts coming out of his eyes, and then his mouth, and Wang is like, "Don't look at it." He's like, "I looked," and he's like, "Don't. I won't. Stop yeah. looking." And so. They run away together because it's going to blind him if he stays. So they leave the truck.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they have to uh, abandon ship, so to speak. uh, And they need to get out of there. They need to regroup a little bit. So they head over to, uh, I think it's to Wang's family's restaurant, right? So they're sitting uh, at... at the restaurant, Jack's on the phone with the insurance company trying to collect because he just had to leave his truck in the middle of this, uh, you know, street fight, you know, gang warfare kind of thing. Uh, and it's just hilarious. He's yelling at the insurance agent, you know, saying, you know, oh, it's not an act of nature. What are you what are you talking yeah. he's about? Like, I you know? don't
1: want to hear act of God. OK,
0: yeah. But not... so they're so they're talking to the to the guy at the restaurant and he's like, oh, she got taken. I heard she got taken by uh, this gang, the Lords of Death. Um, you know, and they're, uh, they're taking her to, uh, this place called the, uh, White Tiger, I think. So, uh, and about this time, you know, Gracie Law, uh, who we met at the airport, you know, just momentarily, she comes in because I guess she was like the, uh, immigration attorney or something. Yes. for, for the, uh, for the fiance, right? So, uh, so well, now she she's was, involved in this story. So,
1: yes, yeah, she was there. The reason why she was at the airport in the first place was because she was picking up another person, um, That was coming in and trying to get status. And so they originally grabbed her, but then when they saw the Mao Ying uh, and they saw saw she had green eyes, they they took her instead. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah, so she's there. We also are introduced to um, Eddie Chu, who is the maitre d' of the restaurant and a whole lot more. Um, But, you know... Wang's Wang Chi's uncle is also there, and uh, we also start uh, to meet we meet Egg Shen, who we recognize from the very first scene talking to his lawyer about sorcery and magic and Chinese black magic and electricity flowing through his hands. And
0: yeah, but it's but it sounds like the fiance's been taken by this uh, guy named Lopan, who does not sound like a uh, very good a uh, person that you want to mess with. Uh, so they kind of give him some warning, but you know, they're going to go. Jack is on the case. So he's <laughs> going to go undercover. Uh, to this place, to White Tigers, which I'm guessing is some sort of an adult establishment from uh, what I could uh, sense. But he's driving in in like this pink, like crazy, like huge finned uh, well, yeah, car. We had a pink
1: Cadillac from Elvis. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, a,
0: it's, so, it's so awesome. But he steps out. He's wearing like a plaid suit. He's got on like his like nerd glasses that he's, you know, trying to be undercover in. And, you know, he's going in trying to figure out, you know, where's where the girl is with the green eyes right but you know immediately all of the other women in this establishment are pretty suspicious of him
1: right right because as as dorky as he looks because he does look like a total dunce he's like it sure is raining cats and dogs out there because it's pouring (laughs) down rain and he's you know he's like cash you know it's not deductible is it you know (laughs) just sounding like a total silly person anyway so they they the woman who's kind of running the show she goes into this back room and this back room and she ends up uh we see that mao yin is in the back somewhere tied up um still with her green eyes and so what we realize has happened is that the lords of death sold her as part of uh trafficking i guess a human trafficking they sold her to the white tiger and the white tiger is now like oh man what are we gonna do and so You know, Jack Burton's in there with some other chick, um, and he's just kind of sitting there interviewing her while she's getting this kind of bath thing ready. And so, Mm you know but before he can question her too much uh you know green more green flame starts to land on top of the building and there's a big hole that gets created in the ceiling and all the people start to run out because it's pouring and the the three the three guys the three storms come and kill a bunch of people <laughs> and grab Mao Yin out of the back where she's been tied up and they you know they steal her and everybody's really freaked out the least of which is Jack because he's, he's like, what is happening?
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) it just was
1: driving you to the airport and now we're dealing with flying people and green flame.
0: Yeah. And to, to Jack's, you know, defense here, he did try to stop uh, one of the warriors, you know, as they're grabbing this girl. Uh, But you know, the, you know, one of these uh, storm guys just throws him away like he's nothing. Um, And it's, (laughs) So this kind of sets up, this is maybe my, my favorite little like scene line of the whole thing. So while, so while Jack's in the white tiger, uh, Gracie is meeting this girl outside. And again, like, you don't know who any of these people are or why she's just going in the rain to like meet this random girl, uh, you know, in her car, like outside of this establishment, but they do. So uh, kind of after the fact, you know, Jack's back at the at the restaurant looking looking his wounds a little bit, you know, talking about what what happened. And then Gracie and her friend comes in and Jack just looks at her and he's like, who the hell are you anyway? And I'm like, that's exactly what I'm thinking, because who is this girl?
1: Right. Well, so her name is Margot Hitzenberger or something, and she yeah. is a journalist. And so she's been trying to figure out the whole David Lopan, um, issue because apparently david lopan is really old and really um he owns this place called the Wingcon exchange and he's very reclusive and nobody has actually laid eyes on him in years and yet there's like this mythical idea that lopan is also this magical thing that can you can drive through him and not kill Mm -hmm. him and he's got light coming out of his mouth. So Jack Burton, to be fair, he says something really funny. He's, he says, you know, I'm a reasonable, I'm a fairly reasonable person. I've just seen some very unreasonable things. Okay. I don't know what's happening. (laughs) And so they kind of meet back at, um, the restaurant and try to come up with uh yet another plan because now they're sure Lopan has uh these three storms are I guess working for Lopan and they're pretty sure that they're gonna need to go to this place called the Wing Kong Exchange, which is mm-hmm. really an import export business. And Wang, you know, he's super devoted to Mao Ying. He's like, i I I will go back alone if I have to. But of course he doesn't he doesn't have to go alone because he's got his best friend, Jack Burton, there who says, you know, if, if we're not back by the morning, somebody call the president because.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be there. Yeah. And uh, Wang, you know, he's feeling, you know, empowered a little bit because his fiance is there. He's fired up. He says he can, you know, get in and out like the wind uh, and they get there. <laughs> Jack's like, you can't waltz in and out of there like the wind. But they end up breaking into this place and they find a hidden door. Uh yeah, and that's that's where they're they're gonna go. So they go through this hidden door and they end up on this elevator. And as the elevator is going down, it just is starting to flood. It's just filling up with water as they're going down, which doesn't seem like a good thing.
1: No, no, and this is the first time they really fight. Like you think that the, the first big argument they're gonna have is when Wang owes him like a thousand dollars at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. But really, he's like you know, they, they start to get mad when they think that they're imminently going to die, which I think is actually kind of interesting. And so Wang is like, yeah, you know, I thought we were just going to get in and out. And he says, yeah, I thought that was your whole point. Like, this is saltwater, Wang. This is not good. <laughs> this is we're, You know, and he says, I'm sorry about your truck. And he says, I'll buy another one. And then, of course, the last thing that Wang says before he comes underwater is, there's only one Mao Yin.
0: <laughs> and yep.
1: so somehow they open the elevator doors, Um, that is now underwater somehow they figure that out uh, without drowning but they go through this really icky pool of like dead people that are being eaten by crabs luckily they're all dead already but it's gross and um, then they, they come up and of course jack burton is like what the heck was that where are we
0: yeah, and almost immediately after they like pop up of out of this place, what do they call it? They call it like the hell of the upside down sinners because all these people are like strung up in there, like upside down under the underwater in this thing. They basically come out of the water, and then uh, right there is like Lopan and the storm guys. So they get they get captured, and or no, I guess Lopan's not there, but the storm guys are there and they, you know, grab Jack and Wang and uh, take them to uh, to go uh, have a showdown with Lopan, I guess.
1: Right. But when they think it, it's going to be this really tall, seven foot tall dude with a really long flowing beard and like 17 inch pinky fingernails, uh, they see instead it's a very, very old decrepit man in a wheelchair. And so they have, they're trying to have this conversation and they say, you're not the one we want, we want Pan." And uh, Pan's character is... is Kind of explains to them what his grand plan is with Mao Yin. Apparently, um, mm-hmm. there was uh, there's the God of the East, Qing Dai, who said that he had to get married to a woman with green eyes who can tame the burning blade. I don't really know what that means, but that um, if he found the person to do that, then and he married her, he would become mortal again, and he'd become flesh and blood. Because when he's Uh, when he looks young and eight feet tall and very regal, that's not, he's like a ghost. So people can Mm -hmm. walk through walls and things, but if he's going to be anything other, you know, more mortal than that, he's this 87 year old dude who can't walk or do anything. So he really wants to become mortal again. So he's going to marry Mao Yin, which of course makes uh, Wang really upset. He's like, never, that will never happen um because but he also has this problem with the emperor it that was the whenever the emperor was in the Dai dynasty he was also slighted by Lopan so anybody that Lopan marries he has to sacrifice um and so then he he'd be free and clear (laughs) so so that's (laughs) his grand plan is he's going to marry her then he's going to kill her it's going to be great
0: yeah, he has, he has a really good plan for what he's going to do with Malian, but he has a really bad plan for what he's going to do with Jack and Wang. So in classic, you know, villain uh, fashion, he's just going to leave them alive and they get moved to this own separate room. So they have the chance to get free. So, you know, Jack gets free and then Wang kind of, you know, tells them the story about Lopan, like who he is, but uh, they're going to be able to break out of this place and, you know, live to uh, come back and fight another battle.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's real weird because they get out Um, of this one room and they're they're both in wheelchairs and Jack ends up getting uh, thrown back onto his wheelchair down a hallway that I guess is really um, it's got a real high pitch to it so he's falling backwards and he's just gaining gaining speed and he almost Mm -hmm. falls into a well that is something out of the ring's worst nightmare. Okay. And he ends up being able to survive all of that somehow, but it's very exciting. It's a very exciting moment. When I watched this, when I was six, I was totally riveted. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) They end up breaking out of that. Um, In the meantime,
0: Yeah. So yeah, while they're breaking out, so low pan, he's getting ready for uh, his wedding basically. Right. So he's transforming now from this, uh, you know, feeble old guy uh, back into like his uh, sorcerer uh, sort of visage. And uh, so they're you know, it's time, it's now or never, if they're going to get the girl, they got to go now. So, uh, you know, we got to get the girl, let's go. It's all clear, Uh, you know, and they get out of there. So.
1: Well, so in the the meantime, so they've been there for a little while. Gracie Law and Margo Heisenberger, whatever her name is, and Eddie Chu, they end up showing up at the Wing Kong Exchange as well. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: the dude who's the Thunder, okay, he says, I can help you. And he ends up drugging them and putting them in this basement where they have to they have to wang and jack have to go and rescue them
0: yeah so uh <laughs> the next rescue mission is on uh, so so they're down there uh they're getting out they're doing you know another prison break they get in i think there's like a there's like this little like sort of like sewer sized tube kind of thing that you know jack and wang are crawling through and they get into like it, i don't know it'll, it looks like a like an old like pool that you'd see in like a, I don't know, like a high school from the fifties or something like in the basement of, uh, some building it's uh, super creepy, but they, they get in there, you know, they're coming out of the pool, everyone, you know, is rescued. Uh, and you know, just. Just because, you know, they're together, you get a moment for uh, Jack and Gracie to uh, steal a kiss. You know, everyone's right. just everyone's just excited to be alive. You know, every they should all be dead by now, to to be completely honest, but but they're not. They're excited to be alive. <laughs> right. um, so so as they're kind of walking out, they open the door and like every bad guy you could ever imagine in all of Chinatown is behind this door.
1: Yeah, I think everybody that died uh in the gang fight that we saw in the first 20 minutes they've all come back to life and they are back uh behind this big door and i love it because you know they've rescued they've ended up not just rescuing uh gracie and the journalist lady and eddie chu they've rescued a bunch of other girls who i guess were being kept as traffickers i'm not sure what they were doing there um it might have been because they were also possible candidates for being one of Lopan's wives but they didn't have green eyes or they mm-hmm. didn't touch the burning blade or something and so that's why they're there but they're like a handful of other ladies and so you know jack burton goes he says okay we're gonna we're, i'm gonna count to three i'm gonna open this door and we're gonna run for it and he says one two three he opens the door there's everybody in chinatown that's a bad guy is like behind this door and then he shuts the door again and says we may be trapped yeah. i don't know if they saw us I think they saw us. (laughs) It's really funny. And then this dude with an ax starts like banging on the door. And so everybody goes to hide except for Jack and Wang and Eddie Chu. And somehow they end up fighting all these people and they end up getting out. And uh, Egg Shen has got his tourist bus out in front. I don't know why the people in front of the Wing Kong exchange didn't (laughs) think that that was weird, but apparently we don't live in that reality. So they all end up coming out. Um, and getting back on the bus. Uh, But they they were not able to get Mao Yin. She's still inside. And now Gracie Law is also missing because she was picked up by this nasty looking orangutan monster thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like it's like half orangutan, half like werewolf-looking thing. Uh, it comes out of nowhere. You don't know what it is or where it came from, but it's there, and it's got Gracie. Um, and uh, side note about Gracie: Gracie has green eyes too, so uh, it's not looking. You don't good.
1: say, Brian. <laughs> and it's uh,
0: it's it's not looking good. Not looking good for the girls at the moment. So, uh, so yeah, so we get the the girls, Mao Ying and Gracie. They're there. They're in. I, they're in like a, I don't know their wedding dresses for the ceremony and then you know the sorcerer guy a uh, low pan you know in a sorcerer form comes in and they're about ready to start this uh marriage ceremony so uh yeah ceremony of the burning blade what do you what do you think it's time to get this uh, party started
1: yeah yeah so there's there's a couple of things so the both ladies like they touch a sword and the sword lifts them up in the air and rather than having that sever their fingers it's fine mm-hmm. and they end up touching this blade together so you know lopan decides hey i can marry mao yin and gracie law and all i have to do is kill gracie law and i will have satisfied both the god Qing dai the god of the east and the emperor and so then i can live as a mortal with mao ying um so it's not good so now 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 you're messing with both of the the main characters lady loves and it's it's bad so jack and wang and the entire team come back to the restaurant uh and they meet up again with egg shen he's got a plan he he's like you know a bunch of the chang sings which are the good guys of the of the group yeah, they, they're like the Changsing, so they're good. They're not the ones that are like holding cleavers and trying to kill people with a lot of machetes. Yeah.
0: They're all there. You know, they're going to offer their assistance to go back in and, and get Gracie. And um,
1: and oddly yeah. enough, Egg Shen <laughs> has this back door into Lopan's secret lair in the building that he owns. Who knew?
0: Yeah. Who knew, but yeah, so they're, they're getting ready to go. Yeah. They have the secret entrances right there. So uh, what did they say? Everyone, everyone go have a drink and then we're heading down the elevator. So, you know, they all go over and uh, do a shot and it's, it's time for this uh, showdown to happen. So while they're, you know, piling in, you know, all these guys into this elevator uh, it's time for the, the wedding ceremony. So uh, I bring out uh, what I believe was called the needle of love. going to take a little blood sample from, from each of these two, uh, I guess, to start the process of making the sacrifice, so.
1: Yes, yeah, and and actually, the Needle of Love is supposed to be painless. He's supposed to be able to uh, inject this giant needle. It's like eight inches long, yep. and it's enormous. It looks like a yeah, it's knitting like a, it's, needle.
0: I was gonna say, it's like a, like a turkey baster, basically, is what <laughs> this thing looks like.
1: It's enormous, but he's supposed to, like, stab... Mao Ying in the arm with it and he she doesn't feel any pain but he will bleed and so he starts doing that um and if you look he actually does end up hurting her she winces a little bit um but he's starting to become flesh and so they want to go ahead and move you know Wang can't wait he wants to stop the ceremony because he does not want her to marry this guy but Egg Egg Shen is saying you got to stop because you got to let this part finish because he needs to be mortal so that we can actually end up killing him for good Mm -hmm. so it's um yeah and this this scene okay this layer where they're getting married it's very 1985 Chinese food court ish right there's a lot Mm -hmm. of Buddhas with multiple arms and neon lights like surrounding and highlighting Buddhas like features I just find it really hard to believe that this this is like an old old place because everything's highlighted in that green or blue neon right right yeah the set direction is just amazing I love it (laughs) so much yeah
0: Yeah. so you know Jack and Wang and the rest of the crew they kind of get down there uh, you know, as the ceremony is going on and it, it's time for the uh, final battle. So uh, they're going to go and, you know, start fighting all of these guys. But before the fight can even get started, Jack gets knocked out. So, so he doesn't even really get to help. So Wang's doing the uh, bulk of the heavy lifting here in this fight. Uh, but it, you know, it goes his way and they're able to uh, get in there and, you know, rescue uh, these two green eyed ladies from the, you know, clutches of the uh, sorcerer Lopan
1: yeah they uh they end up killing um during that fight wang ends up killing rain uh so rain they they do these really this really cool sword fight in the sky like they both jump and then fight in the air um it is i think it's kind of hearkening to like crouching tiger hidden dragon style but not nearly Mm -hmm. as well okay um but uh yeah so jack ends up grabbing gracie and saving her and they uh head down to try and find Lopan because Lopan has escaped with Mao Ying. And so he um, ends up in this big throne room with like a bunch of gold Buddhas and a big giant gong. And the only thing that Jack Burton has is a knife that Mm -hmm. he keeps in his belt and it's gotten him into a lot of trouble in the past where he misses out on all the action because he doesn't have a weapon or he can't get his, his knife out of his belt in time.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And so it's interesting that he's considered like the hero because it's pretty obvious that Wang does most of the stuff. Okay. But in this instance, it's just him, you know, Mao Ying um, and Gracie law are there and he, he tries to, Um, throw a knife at him. He misses. Lopan grabs the knife, throws it back at Jack Burton. Jack Burton has taken this potion that, you know, he can see things no one can see and know things no one else can know. And he ends up throwing the knife and it ends up finally hitting him in the head. And uh, and as soon as he falls to the ground, all of the Buddhas all of a sudden start like doing this domino effect. And um and apparently they're not made out of gold they're made out of like plaster or something because all of them break horribly all yeah. over the entire place
0: yeah it's um it's pretty good it uh it's a little uh callback to earlier in the film right so uh he throws the knife and then uh lopan uh throws the knife back at him but, but he catches it right because uh, it's all of the reflexes um, so he ends up, on the you know, reflexes. all you know, he gets the, uh, gets the uh, knife thrown back, uh, like hits him like in the forehead. Right. And then he like just explodes for, for some reason. Uh, and then, you know, everyone's, you know, trying to get out of there. And I guess some people have, you know, fled the scene already. So they're up above like, like in the sewer thing, they send down like this zip line uh, looking thing. That's pretty cool. And, you know, try to, you know, get everyone up out of this little temple area, I guess is what it is. I don't know. this underground uh, layer yeah. of, of low pants. They, you know, they're getting up to safety. Uh, and you know, as they're running out, what do they run into? But the pork chop express.
1: That's right. He's like my truck, man. I got my truck. But I want to say this scene where they're trying to get out and they're using the zip line to like, you know, climb out of the sewer thing. It's actually pretty well done because they're running away from the lightning storm guy. Okay. So Mm -hmm. the guy who can make lightning and there's this amazing scene. It's very reminiscent to me of all of the kind of Michael Myers Halloween stuff, because he's, he's walking very slowly. There is this, he keeps setting things on fire because he's elect. he has electricity and he touches things and they, you know, there's this whole wooden kind of, um, chandelier that ends up falling behind him and it's actually really beautifully shot um mm-hmm. and with the with the soundtrack behind it you really feel very panicked that you need to hurry up and get up out uh, you know away from this guy because out of all the storms he's he's definitely the scariest right. Um they end up you know vanquishing him by you know, throwing a, a big metal Buddha on him or something. And he he falls down and dies. But um, but that scene is actually pretty scary. I remember seeing that as a kid. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> you, you thought that the low pan was going to be the hardest one to kill. And really, at the end of the day, it's the it's the electricity, dude.
0: Um, yeah.
1: But yeah, they, they end up getting into this back alley room and they find the Pork Chop Express, which is the name of uh, Jack Burton's car truck horse thing and uh they Mm -hmm. all pile on the car and they get out of there and uh they made it they made it out alive and um it's very touching because wang and meow yin end up sharing a kiss for the first (laughs) time and you're just you know real excited jack burton's like very nonplussed by the whole thing but gracie law thinks it's really romantic
0: so yeah Yeah. And so you have this whole whole crazy movie and then it wraps up, you know, pretty quickly. Right. They get out of there. They're back at the restaurant. Everyone's having a party. You know, Gracie is kind of looking looking at Jack like she's, you know, thinks she found someone. But, you know, Jack's like, all right, I guess I guess that's over now. I guess I can get out of here. Um, and I think Wang says, aren't you even going to kiss her goodbye? And he just, he, he kind of looks at her and kind of looks over at Wang and he's just like, Nope, he just, he just walks out and then you get the uh, end of the film. He's back on the pork chop express. And it's kind of, kind of the, just him driving the opposite direction, but it's still like this weird, uh, it's, it's actually a really cool, like. I don't know way they they shot it it's like this kind of like three quarter like view but it's like real tight on his face as he's talking on the you know the CB radio and, mm-hmm. and now and he's he's back to just you know spitting out these uh crazy one liners and he just says I'm leaving town on the pork chop express and that was it that was just a uh, just a little uh you know side adventure for Jack and he's he's back out and on his way down the road so there you except, go except <laughs> except for the
1: giant Orangutan zombie thing, monster yeah. thing that's hanging out at the back of its truck. So, you know, it's not over, but you know, they never made a sequel of this, so I have no idea what ends up happening with that whole mess.
0: But yeah, so, so that is uh, yeah, uh, yeah, big trouble in little China. That is it. Um now, I, it's, it's hard to say whether any of that made any sense. Um, if you watch the movie, um, it's still probably not going to make that much sense. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. Michaela, you said that you watched this like way back as a youngster. So tell me about uh, Big Trouble in Little China and uh, why you like it and uh, why you uh, keep coming back to it.
1: Yeah, I watched this for the very first time. It must have just come out because it came out in 1986. And I remember distinctly remember seeing this in Montana so I was four or five when this when I saw this for the first time
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and I think Wang I had a big crush on on Wang's character right um oh, okay. I just thought it was so amazing that he was going and traveling you know going through all these perils for the woman he loved you know I was a romantic at heart and um I I love it because it it's so fun it's just a fun adventure where nothing is you know, it doesn't take itself seriously at all. Um, And it, to me, it just gets better and better. The acting is great. Comedic acting to me is harder to do well um, than dramatic acting. So Mm -hmm. I I really think like Kurt Russell, he's plays a lot of very similar characters over and over. This is very different to me because he's got this bravado around him um, Mm -hmm. and his one-liners are just pretty epic. Um, yeah he's I don't know
0: I yeah he's he's like fantastic in it and he to describe his character he's he's kind of obnoxious but he's also endearing like (laughs) his being obnoxious doesn't like rub you the wrong way you're like excited for him to be obnoxious Uh, it's really it's really weird but it works really well
1: yeah yeah and I don't know I like I like the the idea at the end of the day um, they get a little serious while they're, you know, while Jack's leaving and he and Wang have this moment where they're like, man, we really, we really shook the pillars of heaven, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and they're, they're really good friends. And, you know, like I said, Wang does most of the work really at the end of the day. But I guess if you think about the very beginning of the film, Jack Burton is the one that they're searching for that they can't find. Um, maybe, maybe the monster did get to him. I don't know, but, um, I don't know. I just really like it. I, I it's not quite. Um, it's got a lot of language. Um, there's not a lot of violence other than like, like well, there's ninja yeah. violence, but there's not there's not a lot of it's not gory.
0: It's rated PG-13, and that's probably appropriate, I guess, because yeah, yeah there's, there's 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 some language and there's some there's some violence and there's some you know crazy looking monsters, I guess. So I mean, it just is going to depend, I guess, on. Yeah. on how you view those kind of things, but yeah. yeah, for me as I as I mentioned, I had never seen this until I watched it. You know, over the weekend to get ready for this, and I mean, it's like it's like a crazy fever dream, but there's something about it that is just really fun. Um, so I could see how you know this would be like some sort of like cheesy movie that you would watch with your friends, right? You would get, you know, pizza and have some drinks and you know throw this on and watch it. Cause like you said it's it's not like a serious thing, but it's it's fun. The acting is really good. I there were several times when I like laughed out loud just at you know kind of the delivery from uh, Kurt Russell and some of the one-liners and uh you know, the things that he said and you know cuz it was like so obvious but you know, you rarely get like those kinds of things being said in a movie so it was it was a lot of fun now you mentioned um the monster at the end of the movie uh but we never got a sequel so we don't really know what happened to Jack and this uh, crazy monster on the back uh it's it's pretty easy to see why it did not get a sequel so this Movie was made on a budget of about twenty five million dollars, and it made uh, like a little over eleven million dollars, which is not good. So,
1: no, no, it did not make any money. And you know, John Carpenter really credits this with the reason why he has moved to one hundred percent independent filmmaking. He really felt encumbered by the leadership and of, you know, the distribution and the production company, he Mm -hmm. really just did not like that. Um, there was talk of a sequel, um, you know, that, uh, and I think actually the rock was going to be in the, in the sequel or in the reboot. I'm not sure if they've actually decided to do that. Um, you know, I I have heard that this film is kind of problematic from a racial standpoint. Um, Mm -hmm. I will say that for me as a young kid of white privilege, you know, all this did for me was foster my love of wanting to learn more about, um, you know, the Asian American and Chinese culture in general. Um, Mm -hmm. Why, I mean, one of the first places I could go as an adult was to Chinatown. And it really probably was because of this movie. I mean, I remember watching the opening scene with my own son, um, just the opening scene. (laughs) And I showed him, the there's a pan view a panoramic view of the the chinatown gate and Mm -hmm. I let him know that I actually stayed right next door to where this gate is once and it was like one of the best trips of my life in my young 20s um anyway so I I don't know I you know I, I feel like I don't think this was made this movie was made to be offensive at all. Um, so, but maybe that's why it didn't make a, they, they, they had a problem with how to try and balance this yeah. where you're, you're having fun with an idea without poking fun at it and making it hurtful in some way. Right. Um, I don't know. Um, but it's, the film did not make a lot of money, but it has since become a huge cult classic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you uh, have watched this, if this is, you know, kind of one of your, you know, cult favorite movies let us know um it wasn't as far as i could see i wasn't streaming anywhere so i had to rent it so um you'd have to do that if you didn't have a copy of it but yeah let us know what you think about big trouble in little china if it's something that you'd you know seen before if it's something you've never watched if our crazy uh, <laughs> crazy recap of it you know inspires you to want to go check it out or go check out some of other of the other john carpenter Kurt Russell sort of team ups in some of these other movies, let us know. And if you whip up one of these, it's all in the reflexes, the dragon green eyes, let us know that too. Let us know what you think about it. Or if you have any other good kind of tiki type of cocktails, uh, let us know. Uh, And you can do that on our Instagram and Twitter. It's at drink, the movies and on facebook.com slash drink, the movies uh, you can find the recipe uh, episode recaps, the pictures of our drinks, Um, you know, and all sorts of other fun stuff on the website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. Michaela, uh, everyone should go leave us a podcast review. Where can they do that?
1: You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere Anchor Podcasts are distributed. We'd appreciate it if you subscribed. And if you like this podcast, please leave us a five-star review because it really helps us get the Drink the Movies stuff out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know, Michaela, how you're feeling, but after watching that movie uh, and having this cocktail, I need to go take a Tylenol, uh, make another Dragon Green Eyes, and uh, uh, take a quick break. Uh, what do you think?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, I might just go rewatch it. <laughs>
0: yeah, you just, so you'll just good. Keep, You'll just keep it on, in, on loop. So that's going to do it for us this week. We'll catch everyone next time on...
1: Drink, Drink
0: the, the Movies. Movie. It's all in the reflexes.